Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year 2024. I would like to welcome you back to our podcast, The Love and Dating Gurus with Dr. Den, an industry expert. I'm very excited about this show as it will bring new insight to our many listeners about the dating challenges in the 21st century and the do's and don'ts when seeking your soulmate. Everything you need or want to learn about the how-tos of dating and relationship will be discussed here. How to avoid being put into friend zone after the first date, being catfish, con, or getting scammed, and so much more will be covered in this podcast. Toxic relationship can cause strife, breakup, or divorces. Infidelity, trust issues, trouble finances can contribute to these challenges. Guests appearing on our show are experts in this industry, sharing their insight about what you can encounter in any stage of dating, getting into a relationship, and whatever else comes next. My name is Dr. Dan, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm a bilingual cognitive behavior psychotherapist specializing in relationship, marriage counseling using the EFT method, and post-divorce strategies when transitioning back into a single life. I provide individual one-on-one session in both French or English and also do group settings. If you need any assistance, reach out to DMV Therapy and Coaching Services at 301-325-1550. An official website can be found at metalifecoach.online. Today, I'm very excited to have for our 10th and last episode of Season 5, a very special guest, an author, Andy Heller. And just like every of my past episodes, I will leave it up to the guests to properly introduce themselves as no one can do a better job. Andy, the floor is yours. Sounds good, Dr. Dan. I'm going to be really brief so we can leave most of our time for questions that can help your guest. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I'm, I have certainly a unique story. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a businessman. I'm a successful businessman. I co-authored two decades ago uh, best-selling real estate investment books. Swore I'd never write a book again. <laughs> and I had myself a toxic and challenging divorce. And I read a lot of other books on divorce as I went through the process myself. And in that, I recognized that there was a gap in a divorce book space. What I mean by that, you got books from an attorney's perspective, books from therapist perspective like yourself, Dan, books from mediators and judges and and parenting counsels, counselors. But there was not a a one comprehensive book that was because most people only have two or three hours to sit down and they need all that counsel. So what I began a six-year project, Dan, to interview field experts, okay. uh, divorce attorneys, uh, indiv- couples who themselves had toxic divorces, but they landed in healthy places and with new partners, uh, uh, therapists, children's therapists, divorce men, ther- male therapists and women therapists. Uh, mediators, et cetera, et cetera. And I took all their counsel and I organized it into a series of 46 tips as a business, like a like a business plan for best practices, not only how to get through a divorce and land on, on your feet, but for many, the divorce is only starts the journey of co-parenting with somebody that you couldn't live with under the same roof. So a lot of my book also deals with that period that extends after the divorce. So uh, look, my, I'm very, very humbled <clears throat> that uh, in this short time that I've launched my book, uh, I've got around 100 five-star reviews already and from leading therapists and, and other podcasters. And so I think I'm kind of helping some people. I wrote this book to help, not to make money. I've got a successful career, but certainly I, I am uh, interested in many, as many people as possible being helped by my book. And thank you for having me as a guest today. 
Absolutely, Andy. And thank you so much for being here in the beginning of the new year. I know that a lot of people are still in the holiday mood. So, <laughs> so thank <laughs> you again for being here today. So let's delve directly into the the, the, the question and answer format, which is what most of our uh, listeners love the most. Because again, I tell this to everyone, this is not prepped. We uh, Andy didn't send me prep questions to be able to ask him. So we just want to go with the flow, basically. So um, as a real estate investor, I mean, I know that you said that you uh, went yourself through this uh, very challenging task of getting divorced and the toxicity behind all that. So um, when you went through all this, what was the process that you allowed yourself to cope with all this negative energy that you had in your uh, in your marriage that led to divorce? And what did you do yourself? And not with the help of uh, counselors or marriage therapists or mediators, whatever it is, to be able to understand the intricacies of communication with your ex and co-parenting, et cetera. So what really brought you this kind of light bulb effect in your mind? Well, that's a great question. I'm going to answer that completely honest, Dan. In my group of friends, I am that guy who people come to for reasonable counsel. I'm probably, I'm the Dr. Dan in my <laughs> world, okay? And during my own divorce, um, I did some things really well. I did some things okay. And I completely screwed up a lot of things. And this story I'm giving you is also became the impetus for me to write this book. And there was a particular instance where I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm humble enough to tell you, I sought out a therapist. I, I asked, I looked for a therapist who had done a lot of work with divorced men. And I had an appointment with her and something happened with my ex and I knew what I wanted, how I was going to handle it. But I punted. I said, I'll get back to you because I knew I had this appointment with my therapist. I'm going to run by with her what I plan to do. Okay. So I went ahead and I tell her, I told her and, and, and she, she listened, she went into therapy speak. Well, you know, Andy, great. You feel that way, blah, 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 but you're not going to do what you intend to do. You're going to do the opposite. And I'm like, but, 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 but once I shut my darn mouth and I listened to what she had to say, it was literally Dan 180 degrees from what I intended to do. Okay. And then I looked at these notes that I've been writing. I was getting through, going through my own divorce. And I'm like, I, I recognize, my God, um, I got an outline for a great book here. And the, the, the deciding factor for me was that meeting with my therapist. Here I am, a reasonable thinker. I'm not out to hurt my ex. And I was not conscious of the degree that which I was emotionally compromised and not making good decisions. And I realized when I heard the counsel from my therapist, she's 100% right. She And I was 100% wrong. And people, not everybody has the money to pay for the therapy, mm -hmm. but they need that counsel. And they don't realize, here I am, a guy who's pretty... I, I think I got my act together. I run a business. I'm, I'm not out to hurt my ex. And I'm just not operating at, at with, a, with a full tank up, upstairs here mm -hmm. in, in making the right decisions. So this is why I, I say to all of us who are going through divorce or we've been divorced and now you're trying to co-parent with somebody that you, you, you couldn't live with, don't depend on your instincts. That's the worst thing you can do. 
you've got to seek out the right people and the right resources, such like your podcast, my book. If you can't, if you can find yourself a, a killer therapist, find yourself the, uh, that one person who has had a, a divorce but landed in a place where he or she is in a, leading a great life today and shut out everybody else, listen to that person. It's so important that you get the help so you can get through this process and avoid making as many mistakes as possible. But here, here's the adage that says, and you may agree or disagree with this, Andy, everyone says, trust your instinct. But when it comes to divorces, we should not trust our instinct because we are emotionally driven to make decisions that will hurt us more than doing any good. So where do we draw the line here, Andy? Means where do we say to ourselves, okay, that little inner voice is telling us that we have to be careful about this or that or whatever else. But yet at the same time, when it comes to going through the process of divorce, our instinct will work against us. So how we differentiate all this? Okay, so I'm going to answer your question in a kind of interesting way. You not so much how, where you draw the line. It's about what are the strategies that you're going to use to reduce the likelihood that you're making bad decisions. And I'll give you a great example about what, what, because this, this, this is a chapter in my book. Yeah. I talk about something, and this is one of the things that, that are, is in my book that is actually the, the backstory uh, is this is a business skill that people, the business people use in high conflict situations. And as I was writing the book, I set up an appointment with a therapist and said, you know, this is something that divorcees, I think, should be using so they don't make bad decisions. And she said, you need to put this in the book. So I wrote it up. <laughs> I sent it to the therapist to look at. And it's today a chapter. There's a business skill called the time card. Uh, Dan. And we human beings, we make better decisions if we take our time. Mm -hmm. There's a tendency in divorce, when you're talking to somebody you don't want to be talking to, to make a decision so you're off the phone or not on that email again or not texting him or her. And, and you're rash and you're not making the optimal decision. So the time card in Basically, I'm giving it to you as fast as I can, but there's a whole chapter on it. You take whatever's going on and you put it into two buckets. Bucket number one are logistics. You've got to decide today. Your, your ex calls you, hey, I thought you were picking up little Johnny from school. He's outside. There's nobody there with his lunchbox and he's crying. All right. You need to make a decision right now yes. <laughs> because it's a logistical issue. Correct. All right. But hey, Johnny's complaining about doesn't want to go to ballet. Um, we th I th you know, we agreed when we were together it was good for him and blah 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 blah. I'll get back. Look, I'll get back to you, but in a in a week. Well, the benefit of that is with young kids for sure. A lot of these issues actually solve themselves during that week. All right, so you don't even have to, then you don't even have an issue to talk about with your ex about. But the better the, the bigger point there, Dan, is that by punting, you'll be able to. Calm down, think about that rationally, hopefully try to understand your ex's perspective if you guys are on different sides, and communicate that in a manner that minimizes the emotion, maximizes the logic, and if it involves the, the children, that 
the decision you reach or your preference is actually in the highest and best interest of the kids. So it's less about, um, uh, in your question about minimizing emotions, it's more about having the strategies to manage your emotions so that you can make better decisions and you avoid fewer flare-ups with your ex. The time card is one of the simplest but most powerful tools that divorcees can use to help them make better decisions and temper emotions. That, that's actually a very interesting point about uh, you know the, the fact that people rush too quickly into making decisions because they didn't really take the time to really think about what is the best, uh, I would say, option for them. But then yeah. I said also, it sometimes most of the time they the, the issue resolves on its own. So you will not even get involved in making the decision that you took your time to make. Yeah, like like that example, the story I was giving you was actually I wrote it up in the book. It uh, the 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 uh, the the mom wanted the son taken ballet because it would be make him uh, be be good for his sports and also good for coordination, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. The dad went along with it; it was fine. But the, the boy is complaining vociferously about it. So what the dad did, he did not make a decision right away. Um, he punted. And in that week, the mom was listening to so many complaints about little Johnny and ballet <laughs> that she said, fine, let's move yeah. in the basketball. Mm -hmm. So the entire combustible conversation was avoided by using this time card and and the dad was actually he assumed he said you know what he's complaining in my home <laughs> he's going to complain a lot in, in in her home let's just let his complaints do their magic <laughs> yes <laughs> so so but and it's amazing it ladies and gentlemen how many items you can punt and get back and there's one more benefit if you are Imagine life with somebody that you're, it's difficult to deal with, okay? Uh, you couldn't live with him or her. When you are having fewer conversations, it's actually easier on you and on your ex. So yeah. imagine instead of talking about each issue that arises, calling, hey, you got, you got 10 minutes because I've got six issues to go over with you. And, and you've had fewer conversations and uh, it's going to be easier for you and for your ex to move on. So, okay, let me put you in a very challenging uh, scenario here, Andy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, that was not part of our podcast contract. No, it was not, but I think I'm sure that the, the, um, what do you call, the listeners will definitely appreciate that. Um, I'm not sure exactly how much in your book do you cover mental illnesses. If someone is dealing with bipolar or borderline personality, or the worst, narcissistic personality disorder. Now, do you cover anything that has to do with people who are not rational? I mean, one of the couples, either the wife or the husband, um, and they're always looking for conflict. And if the husband or the wife does not accept, then they start doing the gaslighting. They start to doing or pin, you know, pointing finger, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And then always wanted to have it their way. How do you help uh, anyone cope with those situations? That's a fantastic question. I got. I think I have a great answer for you. 
The very first chapter in the book points out that, okay, you're about to read 46 tips and strategies, and you're going to notice something about these 46 tips and strategies. All of the advice is unilaterally based. And the reason for that is the only person you can control is yourself and your actions. Now, some of the steps are designed to result in your former spouse changing his or her behavior to make to become easier to deal with. But the realization is that, look, you guys couldn't get along under one roof. You're not going to get along better. <laughs> You're not going to be able to control him or her better under two roofs. So the, the answer to your question, there's a host of personality challenges that we see in our um, in our exes. And um, the only way to manage that is on your own coping tools to minimize the effect that those disorders have, not just on your ability to co-parent and function, but clearly your children. Now, I do make a, a distinction there. If there's any of these disorders that um, put your children at risk, then the path has to be different. You need to involve the authorities um, because that is a different issue. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, but, you know, if, if your former spouse really needs a good therapist or medication and he or she's not taking it, there's nothing you can do about it. You've got to work on your own. Uh, like, I'll give you a great, <clears throat> a, a, a great example. You know, I wrote this one chapter that I'm like, you know, I don't know if this should be a chapter or not. I, I But I, I, I put it in the book anyhow. And it is the number one chapter that people, that podcasters ask me about. And I didn't, I thought, ah, this might sound too hokey. <laughs> um, but it came to me from a divorcee. And his, he told a story where in the initial months of separation, he went to live with friends while the children resided in his former spouse, the, the family home. And, and his, his ex-wife stayed, stayed put. So his parenting time was on her space. So those first months were really difficult for him. And, you know, and, you know he would go in and, and in his words, like the, the insult barrage would happen. And it was just, you know, and the kids were there. He couldn't really react to it. So what he did, Dan, he put on an imaginary rubber suit before he walked in the door. <laughs> and all these insults would bounce off this rubber suit and couldn't land. And he played a game like, I hope that I, I, I wonder if I'm going to get an insult today that's going to beat that last one, because that last one was really good. <laughs> and he turned it into a, a, a this okay. was his coping mechanism and allowed him to function in her space. The point. Uh, so all of these so many podcasters ask me about this chapter and the point of the chapter is we all need a coping mechanism for whatever challenges we deal with with our ex, okay? Whether you use an imaginary rubber suit or you have something different, particularly if your ex has one of these disorders, narcissistic or bi bipolar, you've got to have your coping me mechanism to keep your sanity. and. This is even exponentially more important because if you're divorcing and you are the more stable parent, all right, 
you probably have a disproportionate, your, your children probably have a disproportionate need for your guidance because of the challenges with your ex. Mm-hmm. So you really need to have your head on your shoulders. Okay. Mm-hmm. So again, you can only control your actions truly. Mm-hmm. So the 46 tips and strategies are intentionally unilaterally based. Uh, now, some of them are designed to eventually result in your exes changing their uh, um, unhealthy behavior. Okay. Um, but it's based on how you're dealing with him or her, not any expectations because you can't make them. That's so true. But here's one thing, and I'm going to tell to everyone who's listening, because I do have a lot of friends who are divorce lawyers, okay? But I'm not sure if you cover any part of this chapter in your book, uh, Andy, where sometimes it is, it does happen where it's not the husband and the wife that are fighting. It is the lawyers that are fighting each other, which means that if, let's say, you accept something that your ex requests, and you said, okay, just to be able to avoid conflict for them to escalate. And then your lawyer said, what, you're going to let her do that? Are you serious? And then he's going to convince you to say, no, I do not accept those terms. And then that will bounce back to her attorney. And then the conflict continues and it gets worse and worse. So do you think that the attorneys, some of them, I know a lot of them are very honest, very kind, very helpful. But do you think that they do contribute to the worsening of the divorce proceeding? I'm going to give you a very interesting answer. I'm not going to say yes or no to your question. But I, in my divorce book, I talk about something. And again, this is about everybody. We put on our big boy or big girl pants. It's your job, Mr. or Mrs. Divorcee, to manage your attorney, not the other way around. Good one. Okay. And how do you do this? One example, and this this tip I'm going to give you can save your listeners tens of thousands and some of you who have that kind of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You need to go to your divorce attorney and arm him or her with two, no more than three goals that you have. And uh, give him or her permission to compromise or even capitulate everywhere else. Okay. And this will help you to focus on what's important to you okay. to not get sidetracked on something, you know, you know oh my God, uh, he's asking for airline miles and I travel all the time for, for business. Like, who cares? Yes. Okay. What you really want is custodial time or this or, you know, or big things. Okay. And this will save you so much money. So, and the, so there are a tips I, I, I give in the book, such as maybe pick an attorney who has dealt with and knows your spouse's attorney. So they have a working relationship. Okay. okay? That's going to save you a bunch of time because they already have worked on different ends of the table for other, other divorces. So they, they will know how, to deal with one another and you're not going to pay for their getting to know each other time. <laughs> so there, so, um, but the, the big picture point in answering your question is it's not about the attorney. It's about you. Okay. Yes. You have a responsibility to pick a good attorney 
And a good attorney will know how to manage a bad attorney if your, your former spouse has picked one. And there's a bunch of other suggestions in the book that, that are there to save you money if you have a contentious situation. But the number one there is that to control yourself and to force yourself to write down the two or three of key objectives you have before the negotiations begin, give them to your attorney and say, achieve these, compromise everywhere else. This is what's important to me. It's also very healthy for you to force you to write down what's important to you so you don't spend 500 bucks arguing about a $200 dish set you didn't care about in the first place. <laughs> that is a very good, actually, Andy, these are really, really good advice because uh, one is that it's very, very hard to know because sometimes if let's say one of the spouses um, were unfaithful, which makes the other spouse extremely angry, um, yep. cheated upon, um, and whatever other emotion that are like uh, percolating in their mind. Um, so that will push them to be able to get revenge. So now, um, how much of accountability, Andy, each and every spouse must take in understanding that whatever other person's behavior is a direct result in your actions? The, the, that's, a, that's a fantastic question and one that I've not been asked before. <laughs> the answer is a, a definite maybe. If your former spouse has one of those personality disorders that you discussed, I would go so far as to say there's probably not a lot of fault that you have in what he or she is doing. Their wiring is a little bit off, and you've always been in that situation of having to deal with that that person. But if you if if your former spouse doesn't have one of these big disorders, then yes, how you deal with how the behavior of your former partner is part of your responsibility. And I'm going to give a great example, a story from my book, one of the most powerful stories. Um, so this this uh, super great mom, uh, uh, they're divorced, uh, uh, and she's moving on with her life. She's on a date, and the kids are with her ex, who's not really moving on. All right. He's a bit bitter, uh, doesn't have does, doesn't date or anything. And everything with the kids is always um, um, amplified. So something happened it, uh, on his watch in his house and she's on a date and he's texting her. I need you to uh, 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 end your date. Come here. We had an SOS situation. It wasn't an SOS situation. <laughs> she said and she said no. And um, then, then, he's, then he starts barraging her with, you're a bad mom, blah, 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 blah. And she described to her date that this is normal behavior. At, at that dinner, she made a decision at that point to change how she engaged her ex. She couldn't control what he was doing. She could control what she's doing. So she began going forward her text responses were much simpler and she would reply and say, uh, I'm busy right now. Um, we can talk tomorrow. Um, have a good night. I will not respond again. Okay. Okay. So she could control only her responses. And she said at first she'd get 
10, 15 messages that were unanswered. Mm -hmm. Then it became seven or eight messages that were unanswered, mm -hmm. almost like training a dog. Eventually, he got the picture. And because she wasn't engaging. That's so this is a fantastic example where she could not control him. She could control her methods of responding. She recognized this guy's got no life. He's sitting at home. Everything is a 10. All right. I have a life. I'm out there dating and moving yeah. forward. And um, I'm not going to allow him to. Uh, my, yeah, my, to uh, disrupt my life. So, yeah. the, so again, the, this is the type of action steps that we divorcees have to take. This is exactly what I discussed in in my in my book. And um, you can only control yourself, everybody. That's so true. And also, learn teaching the other person not to cross boundaries because they have the tendency to do so. And these, this example that you just mentioned, and the perfect example perfect example for crossing boundaries, knowing that, hey, I'm doing something, respect that, and then we'll be able to discuss whatever SOS issue you have, but we'll do that tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, before we conclude the podcast, uh, give take some time to be able to tell people how they can find your book. What is the title of your book? Uh, where is it available? And then we'll be able to add the description of the podcast when we have to publish it. Sure. Uh, go on Amazon. My book's on Amazon. Uh, take the high road. Divorce with compassion for yourself and your family. My last name is Heller. And if you Google Heller and take the high road, my book will come up. So on the back of the book is our website. If you want to reach out to me, you can do that. Mm -hmm. So what I would say to all of you guys is whether you're going through divorce yourself or you're trying to co-parent with some with, with somebody who you couldn't live with, you're now post-divorce, or you got a friends going through it, my book can help. My book would be a great gift. Um, I've been really humbled, Dan, from the feedback from therapists like you who are, are I've got some therapists that I give it to every patient <laughs> because it really gives some very common sense, comprehensive tips. Um, what I will say to all of you is uh, it will get better. It almost always gets better. And divorce tends to be the low point for so many of our lives. And uh, but again, to get to that point where you're functioning better, you've found a new partner, uh, you're in a good place. It's all will depend on steps that you're taking, such as listen to this podcast, get in my book and whatever you do to help yourself, um, that was is only going to help you land in that healthy place faster. Beautiful. Well, Andy, that is all the time that we have for today's podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. And thank you again for sharing your extensive knowledge in the field of divorce. Now, the many recommendations you shared to our loyal listeners will help them better navigate through these choppy waters. Now, we hope that you've all enjoyed today's episode. And I'm also very excited about the many upcoming industry experts that we have scheduled for season six of the Love and Dating Guru with Dr. Dan podcast filled with very valuable tips and advice, just like the one that you listened today. My name is Dr. Dan Amzalag, and you may all stay safe, sane, and smart when searching for that special someone. Stay tuned for our next episode.